0: This morning, we're praying for people that are in need today. But also, today, we're celebrating what is called Palm Sunday morning. How many people are happy to be here on Palm Sunday morning? All right. This is what I want to do. I want to bring everyone up to speed here, and that is just in case you don't know, Palm Sunday, we don't want to assume anything. Poem, here we go, Palm Sunday is today, which marks the beginning of what is either called, regardless, or it depends where you grew up, it could either be called the Passion Week, the Passion Week, how many people saw the movie The Passion of the Christ? Or it can also be known as Holy Week. And basically what this is, is it's just the beginning. It's the beginning, today is the beginning of the final week of the life of Jesus when he was walking earth walking on earth. He comes on Sunday through this triumphal entry. Then we see throughout the week, he progresses. Then Friday, we see that he's going to end up on the cross. And the reason why he ended up on the cross is because he loves you. Amen? Because he loves the world. And it was on the cross he paid the price for our sins. The final sacrifice once and for all, And then Sunday, we have the grand finale, and that is that Jesus Christ didn't stay in the grave, but he rose again. And that was really God's way of saying, I accept the sacrifice of my son for the forgiveness of the sins of people. So it was on Palm Sunday that Jesus made what is called the triumphal entry into the holy city of Jerusalem. And as we heard today in the call to worship, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, The crowd was anything but passive, anything but passive, okay? They were passionate people. The scriptures tell us that they were singing, and believe it or not, in public, they were singing, and they were shouting, and they were praising God. They didn't have much dignity. They were going after it, and they were celebrating. I want to let you know they were having an amazing, great time on Palm Sunday morning. But I also want to let you know that the story doesn't end there, where we ended the the call to worship reading. But as we continue to read on in Luke chapter 19, we discover something that may actually really surprise a lot of people, okay? And that discovery I want to share with you this morning is found in verse 41 of Luke 19. And let's just look at the verse together this morning, Psalms 19 verse 41 it says, but as he, referring to Jesus, came close, came, came to Jerusalem, and he saw the city. So he's on this triumphal entry, and he's coming closer to Jerusalem, and he sees the city. One thing we need to understand the context is, is they're all gathered in the city for a celebration called what? Passover, where they're remembering how the children of Israel were delivered from Egyptian captivity, and they're celebrating what God had done. So there's a historian, Jewish historian, named Josephus, and he records in his writing that on this weekend or on this week, there would have been over a million Jews gathered to celebrate what is called Passover. So this isn't just a small crowd. you got to remember this was 20 centuries ago, so a million people is big time. And they're gathered, and they're saying, thank you, God, for all that you've done. And Jesus looks out and he sees all these people that are gathered. So just kind of get this in your mind. They're gathered to celebrate Passover. And then something begins to happen in the heart of Jesus. And what we see is we begin to see the the human side of Jesus, who is fully God and fully man. And we're going to see something that happens that reveals his humanity. And that is the very next words in the verses tells us this. It says, he began to weep. He began to weep. So here we have it. Look at this. Just think of it in your mind's eye. The, the crowds are cheering. They're applauding. They're having a great time. It's a celebration. But then over here we have our Savior, Jesus. And Jesus, he, we're, we're seeing that he is weeping. And it's very interesting that the Greek word for weeping in this verse indicates not only did Jesus have a few crocodile tears coming down his cheek, But the word used there in the Greek for weeping means intense sobbing, intense sobbing. It's very interesting. That same word is used in John chapter 11 to describe the weeping of two sisters. The two sisters' names were Mary and Martha. And what were they weeping? They were weeping the death of their brother Lazarus. So what, what we see in this word is we see brokenness. We see pain. We see sorrow. We see sobbing. And this is what Jesus is experiencing as he's weeping as he's looking over Jerusalem and the people. So with this in mind, what I want to do this morning is I simply want to ask one question, and the question I want to ask and address here is this. Why was G- Jesus weeping over Jerusalem? Why was Jesus weeping over Jerusalem? Well, everybody else is celebrating why is it that our savior our king is weeping? And it's very easy the answer is found in the very very next verse in the text and that is verse 42 and this is what we read in verse 42. And that is Jesus speaking, Jesus speaking. These are the recorded words of Christ. He says this, "How I wish." By the way, have you ever wished for something? Anyone ever wish for anything? Absolutely, we all do. And here we see Jesus had a wish. He says, how I wish today that you of all people, and the people that he's referring to, he's, he's referring to his fellow Jewish people, okay? How I wish today that you of all people, and look at it, don't miss it, I want you to get this, that you of all people, that you would understand, that you would get this, that you would understand the way to peace, that you would get it, that you would really understand the way that you can get peace. I want to stop there and say this. God wants his people to have peace. I want to let you know today that God wants you to have peace in your life. He doesn't want there to be turmoil and brokenness, but just as Jesus wanted peace for his people, Jesus wants peace for us. And then the remainder of the verse looks like this. It says, but now it's too late. It's too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. So the reason why I, among many other scholars, believe that Jesus wept over Jerusalem was because his very own people that he came for, his very own people didn't understand the way that they could experience true peace. Bottom line is the people didn't get it. They didn't understand what was really going on right in front of their own eyes. And as I say, I want to let you know, this is one of our greatest needs as people, as humans, and that is our need for peace in our life. Because we all know that without peace, our life is a wreck. Our life is a wreck without peace. And we're experiencing this in our world that we live in today. Without peace, things just go crazy Without peace, our life is in turmoil. Without peace, our life is a wreck. And that's not what God wants for his people. He wants there to be peace. So what is peace? Let's look at this quickly. What is peace? We looked at this over Christmas season. If you are in the house, we looked at Jesus as the Prince of Peace. What does that word mean? Peace, it means basically the Hebrew word. Everybody say it together. So look at your neighbor and say, Shalom, brother, okay, or shalom, sister, okay. So shalom, and basically what that word, if you've narrowed it down to one word, peace, shalom means wholeness. It means wholeness, meaning that God doesn't want there to be brokenness. He doesn't want there to be brokenness in the world. He doesn't want there to be brokenness in relationship. God doesn't want there to be brokenness in your life in who you are, okay? So God wants us to experience this wholeness in three areas. Let's look at this first of all. God wants us to experience wholeness first of all with him, with him, with God. God came, or Jesus came, that we could have peace with God, that we can be whole. Because the deal is we're born broken because of sin. Our relationship with God is fractured. There's separation. But we can have peace with God. That's what he desires. Then God also desires that we have peace with each other, with other people. God doesn't want believers to be living in this place where there's this brokenness in relationship with one another. I'll believe this and I'll believe it till the day I die. And that is that God wants believers to be people that know how to get along with each other. Amen? God wants us to be people that we have peace, that there's wholeness in our relationships, that there's not fracture. I look on our world today, and there's wars going on. Why? Because there's not peace. There's not wholeness. People can't get along together. And it really comes down to this. Why can't we just get along? And God said, hey, I want you to have peace with one another. Worlds should be able to have peace with one another. But here's really the context of this, this verse, and that is that God wants us to have peace and everybody say it together, within. God wants you to have peace with yourself. He wants you to be wholeness in yourself, within yourself. Okay? On to the next slide. Peace within includes three things. He wants you to have etern- internal stability. God wants you to have eternal stability. He wants your life to be stable. So everybody got that this morning? He wants your life to be stable. It shouldn't be up and down, all around. He wants you to be stability Number two, he wants you to have a restful mind. A lot of people who don't have peace, their mind is all over the place. They can't rest. They can't sleep at night. But God wants you to have peace. He wants you to have a restful mind. And then number three, he wants you to have a hopeful heart. He wants you to have a hopeful heart, okay? So listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. Is everybody listening? Just say, I'm listening. Peace is not connected to a lack of noise. Peace is not connected to a lack of trouble. Peace isn't going to be connected to a lack of difficulty. That's the world we live in. It does mean that in the middle of all these things, we can still have these three things, eternal stability, that we can have a restful mind, that we can have a hopeful heart Regardless of what's going on in the world around us, we can have eternal stability, a restful mind, a hopeful heart. Even in this world that we live in today where there's so much polarization and people not getting along together and coronaviruses and wars, I want to let you know that God desires that within the believer that we can have peace, eternal stability. You can have a restful mind. Regardless of what you saw on TV this morning or last night, you can have a hopeful heart. So I want to say it really clear this morning one more time, such a simple message this morning, and that is that God wants his people. God wants you to be a person who has peace in your life, not turmoil, not brokenness, not all those other crazy things, but God wants you to be a person that, even in the storms of life, even maybe if you lost a loved one, get Ashton and her family, even in the midst of these challenges called life, God wants His people to be able to have shalom, peace, wholeness. See, God, friends, wants us to be able to live different than the world. Does everybody understand that this morning? We don't have to live and behave like the world. If we have Jesus in our life, we can look at things totally different and be different, okay? And I want to let you know that God wants us to have peace, and the only way that we can have this peace that I'm referring to, listen carefully, very basic, you've heard this 110 times, I'm going to tell you for the 111th time, The only way that you can have true peace is by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Is everybody hearing me this morning? The only way that you can have the true peace that God came to give is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because how many people know he is what? The Prince of Peace through a relationship. But here, gang, is the problem. We live in a real world. And the problem is, is we often look for peace in all the wrong places. We often try to find peace in this, that, or the other. You fill in the blanks. And that's exactly what's happening on this very first Palm Sunday morning as the people lined the roads with their singing, with their shouting, their praising God. But here's the deal, they had it all wrong. And that is that they were looking for peace through Jesus being a military king who would come into Jerusalem riding on a horse. And certainly here here was their plan that he would lead the people, the Jewish people, into victory over the evil Roman Empire. And as a result, after Jesus would do that, peace would come because he would set up his kingdom right there in the holy city of Jerusalem. And their thoughts is, hey, when the Romans would be overcome and conquered, then we would have peace. That's what they were thinking. They were looking for peace in a political, military victory. And here's what I would tell them, and Jesus was on his heart wrong. Wrong. That would only provide a Band-Aid for what they were really looking for in peace. See, they didn't understand that the way to peace was not by defeating the Romans and saying, Jesus, you become our earthly king, and Jesus, you set up your kingdom on earth. But the only way they could have peace was through a relationship with Jesus, through a true understanding of who he is and why he came. They didn't truly understand. And here's what blows me away. They had seen the miracles. They they heard the teachings. Some of them got to hang out with Jesus very closely. But the truth is, at the end of the day, Jesus was right there. But they didn't really get it. They didn't really understand what Jesus was all about. They really didn't understand how they could get peace. And that's why I believe Jesus begins to weep because he's saying, hey, look to me. Look to who I am. I am the one who gives true peace. And you're looking in all these other places and Jesus looks over the people and it breaks his heart because they missed the truth that was right in front of them and they witness with their own eyes. And he sees and he understands, because he's all-knowing. And he sees and understands that, hey, you guys, we spoke, we talked, you heard the teachings, you saw the miracles, but guess what, you missed it. You totally misunderstood why I came. And that's why I believe, with all my heart, that Jesus is weeping because they're looking for answers to peace in so many other directions. And Jesus is saying, here I am, and you missed me. So here's my concluding question for this morning. I want you to just think about this. Turn on your imagination just for a minute. If you and Jesus were one-on-one and Jesus had the ability to look in your life, which he does, Would Jesus weep because he understands that you live in a world full of chaos and brokenness and uncertainty? Would Jesus weep because you're looking for peace in other places other than in him? And I'm talking to church people right now. We live in a world of chaos, brokenness, uncertainty, things are changing so quickly, but there's so many people that even profess Jesus as their savior, the Lord of their lives, is we have this tendency just to be like everyone else. And we have this tendency to look for peace, for wholeness, Oh, if the right guy were in the White House, or if, the, if, if this would happen in Ukraine, or if this would happen over here, and there's so many different scenarios, if all this would line up, then I would really have peace. I want to say, no, that, no, that's not true. The true peace that God wants you to have in your life, which is powerful and life-changing, is the peace that is found in the person of Jesus Christ, and only Jesus alone. Amen. And actually, that's all I have for you this morning, is I want us to be people that aren't like the world. We've been called out. We're called to a different kingdom. And the different kingdom says, hey, we find peace in our conquering king. We find peace in our savior. We find peace in the son of God. We find peace in the prince of peace. And that is a person, and his name is Jesus. So I want to encourage you today, if your life is in turmoil, if your life is in brokenness, if your life is in hurt, I want to let you know you have a loving God, that that's not what his desire is for your life. He wants you to have peace. But he also wants to say that peace is found in my son, Jesus. And I want us to be people today, maybe we need to recommit ourselves to say, Lord, forgive me. I have been looking for peace in other places i have been thinking if only this would happen or only that would happen then i would have peace no you would have a band-aid let's be real the only peace that is lasting the only peace that is eternal is god's son and i love saying his name jesus can we all say that together jesus is our peace and he's come to bring wholeness in his in our relationship with him in our relationship with others, but also just within our own hearts and our own lives. See, we should be able to live just walking with peace, with hope. We should be different, gang. That's what I just want to encourage us today. Jesus is saying, hey, don't miss me. Don't miss me. Don't miss me. Pull and draw closer to me, and you'll find everything you're looking for is in me. Can we bow our heads in prayer this morning? I apologize for letting you out so early. But the message is really simple. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You don't have to look around another corner. You can find him and you can invite him into your life. He's the same, everybody together, yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So Lord, we just thank you for this reminder through this first Palm Sunday, Lord, that our peace is found in the person of Jesus. And Lord, I just pray for anyone in this room today that's going through a situation that is anything other than peace and there's turmoil and there's brokenness. Lord, I just pray that we would kind of regather our attention and our focus would be upon you. That you would be the one that we look to for the peace that we're looking for. Even if, there, if we get a bad report medically about our health, we can still have peace. Even if we were to lose our job or get laid off or something happened in our finances, we can still have peace. Even if a relationship that we put so much trust in was broken, Lord, we can still have peace. Even in the midst of a pandemic, The people of God, the people of God can stand up with their head high and their shoulder back and they can still have peace knowing that you're in control of all things. So Lord, help us just to recommit our hearts to you today and all that you want to do in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. How many people are thankful that Jesus is our peace? All right. Hey, let's all stand to our feet this morning. Let's do this. Stand to our feet this morning. We're going to pray together. Remember, when we pray for the kingdom to come, what are, what, what's one of the signs of the kingdom? It is what? Peace. We're praying for the kingdom to come. We're praying for peace. We're praying for joy. We're praying for so many things. But let's pray together this prayer that the Lord taught us. So let's pray this prayer the Lord taught us. Our Father... Amen.